Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey there, welcome to a Thursday rendition of uh, this program here, uh, whatever that is. It's the 26th of April. I'm a little out of sorts because uh, my entire show, the fodder for it, I had uh, sent to my trusty computer, and it's not here. <laughs> I'm looking at nothing. So, you know, I normally have all these newspapers here with me. I've just got two little scraps, and um could be a real short show, guys. That's all I'm saying. And I'm not sure. I just tried to send myself something again, and it didn't show up. So if I don't know, I don't. I don't even know if I'm going to get your uh, emails. Somebody quick email me. Oh God, it's going to result in too many. But one of you designate someone. <laughs> just quickly email me because it could be. I'm not going to see your emails. I don't know. It's Lynn at PGH City Paper dot com because everything i've sent to it ain't getting there dang okay it's uh it's not that there's a uh, paucity when's the last time you heard that word it's not that there's a paucity of news there is in fact uh quite a shitload i just thought i would you know balance the frou-frou-y word with the Oh, God. Okay. So, um, well, we won't have, what's his name, Ronnie Jackson to kick around anymore. Uh, Ronnie uh, has withdrawn his name just in the last hour uh, from consideration as uh, the head of the Veterans Administration. This to avoid uh, the congressional hearing that clearly was going to be about as u- ugly a spectacle as we have seen, although these days <laughs> ugly spectacles happen every other minute. I believe one's uh, getting underway right now. Isn't that right? Um, if any of you designated um, a, a emailer, it didn't come in. All right, Amy's going to try, then we'll know. Dang it. You know, you rely on this stuff. And when it leaves you, it leaves you up the creek without a paddle is where it's left me. Anyway, uh, yeah, the the particular um, spectacle going on in D.C. today should be very interesting. And this is, of course, the the most probably destructive man other than the president himself uh, currently currently operating in Washington, D.C., and that would be uh, Scott Pruitt of uh, the, I'm not going to say environmental protection uh, because that's not what it is under him, the Pollution Protection Agency, formerly known as the EPA. Um, you sent me something? Yeah, I got nothing. Okay. Damn. 
So I can't get your emails. I got no information in front of me. This could be a it could be a little rough show, guys. But I'll I'll do my best. So Scott Pruitt. I think yesterday I took some uh, time to uh, delineate some of what um, he has been doing in his capacity. Uh, as the EPA head, and I think um, he's he's up before Capitol Hill uh, to uh, deal with whatever budget budget he has sent up. But I don't think they're going to be talking a lot about the budget. I think they're going to be talking about all of these reports. Uh, as far as I know, none of them unsubstantiated, which is the case with uh, Jackson. None of them unsubstantiated that. Uh, show Pruitt as just an ex extraordinary uh, swamp dweller. I, I don't, I'm, you guys are up to snuff on, on all of the stuff that he does, just wasting taxpayer dollars left and right uh, for all kinds of uh, needless accoutrements uh, to his, to his position. I mean, the security staff alone is costing us unbelievable amounts of money. Like, uh, like he's under constant a threat, a threat from uh, assassins or something. I, it's just, it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, the good news, and I think I reported it yesterday, is his his patron, the guy who, frankly, brought Scott Pruitt to uh, this high level, other than Donald Trump would be uh, Senator James Inhofe, the uh, idiot climate uh, science denier uh, who represents the state of Oklahoma, uh, the godforsaken state from which uh, Scott Pruitt also comes. Uh, Inhofe is uh, making grumbling noises about uh, some of the accounts of what Pruitt's been up to. Not, not, not in any way having to do with uh, uh, policy, but having to do with wasting taxpayer dollars. So he's going to get grilled, um, and uh, I, I don't know. Let's hope he's on his last legs. Although, again, as I said yesterday, the guy who's the deputy to him and who might uh, then take the position, should Pruitt be kicked out, is every bit as bad. Former coal industry lobbyist. To head the EPA! God dang! I really, it's, it's beyond me how anybody with, how anybody can vote for Republicans now. How any patriotic American could in any way enable this wrecking crew. I'm serious. Even if generally, let's say, you're a Republican because you used to align your feelings, political leanings, aligned with what traditionally was uh, conservative republicanism, a balanced budget, a, a uh, strong national defense. 
family values, right? All that stuff? <laughs> well, then there's no way you should still be a Republican because the Republican Party, as constituted, stands for not any of those things. Not a one. They look the other way as Russia undermines our democratic electoral process. They think it's fine to rack up a huge debt and deficit. They think it's wonderful to support an adulterous, sexually abusing, serial lying vulgarian to represent the country. Okay, so if you, it's beyond me, beyond me. We have a call. That's the only way anyone's going to talk to me today. Okay, caller, go ahead. Hi, Lynn Collin. It's Michael K. from um, from Polish Hill. Oh, hi. Hi. I almost forgot my moniker. I call into so many shows. You know what? I really don't call into any shows anymore. I used to uh, call into uh, podcasts or, or things that, you know, I, never mind. I won't get into it. But, uh <laughs> Um, I still get nervous every time I call you or anyone, you know, as soon as they say you're on the air, as yeah. soon as it beeps, I'm like, I yeah. get this like rush in my heart. I'm like, oh, I'm going to be on the radio. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I have the same, I have the same problem, although I haven't called in, but I have uh, every once in a while called into something like that or spoken up in some kind of a televised or broadcast forum. And I have the same feeling. It's odd. When I'm in Well, you're a professional speaker too. You get paid to speak and you speak for free for um all your different uh, you know causes and stuff. So you um uh, the same thing is uh, I'm a performer too. So you always right. get those butterflies before you go on stage. But there's something really weird about calling in to uh, a show when you don't really know, you know, you can't see the person in front of you. That's different than performing or getting in front of people when you're just on the phone and you don't know if they're hearing you, you don't know if they're making fun of you behind your back. Right. You know? Right. So you really, as a a performer, you rely on uh, seeing your audience, getting feedback and energy from your audience and... um, you know, I'm here in a soundproof little booth all by myself. It is odd. Yeah, it is odd for somebody who feeds off an audience. But when you're speaking, you're in front of people. And you also did your one-woman show that yeah. my mom and I were at and uh, we loved. Thank you. So you do you do kind of uh, both. Um, I, uh, yeah, when I'm, I'm kind of, you covered this uh, subject a little bit uh, last week, I think, about people at concerts who don't dance. Yeah. If we're performing and the audience isn't dancing, yeah. I feel like I'm just a complete utter failure. Right. We never, ever, ever, ever play shows where there are seats. You do not want to play any place where people can even sit down. Rock clubs are standing room only, and you stand there and you either walk away or you dance or, you know, you move. It's, uh, so. That's not even why I called. I know that's not why you called. So let's, let's get to it, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, I'll try to be quick. No, you don't have to be so, quick. I got nothing going here. You can stay all day okay, as far as I'm no, concerned. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't mind. 
Don't even say that. I'm okay. Like, okay. You know, that old joke. Um, okay, so I got up early this morning, and I was listening to CNN on my phone, and they said, uh, oh, uh, Donald Trump's going to be on Fox News at 8 o'clock. So, of course, I switched my phone to listen to the uh, Fox News live feed. <sighs> Lynn, this guy, I mean, I've heard him ranting like a lunatic before in his speeches and just, you know, incoherent babbling. This was like the most unhinged. I don't know. Maybe I haven't listened in a while, but this was this sounded like somebody so effing unhinged. It made no sense. He would just contradict himself every other sentence. And now I'm um, um, relating this to this uh, the poor uh, the, the Dr. Ronnie Cox or whatever his name, Dr. Roberts, Dr. Ronnie, Ronnie Jackson. Well, do you think that these people are on drugs like him and that Kellyanne Conway? Because it's not only the way he just rants like the way he comports himself in public. I think you and your sister were both watching some of the uh, meetings with Macron. And the way he just stands there with his eyes darting around and his body kind of like uh, turning in these straight contortions like he thinks everybody's looking at them, which they are. So he probably feels very self-conscious like we do as performers. I guess he's standing up there thinking, what are these people thinking? And his eyes are darting around, and he's not really present. He's not there listening to what no, the other person No, no, exactly Once right. Once in a while, he just leans over to pretend like he's hearing them, and he leans over and looks at them like, whoa, who are you? It's really weird. And I think it's because, look, in my profession, I've been around a lot of drugs. I've done a lot of drugs. And I think... Trump is pivoting. He's pivoting all right. He's, he's pivoting between uh, cocaine and meth. And God only knows what that but, Dr. Roberts gives him <laughs> at night to sleep. Maybe that Michael Jackson propofol or something. Oh, we should only hope. Flowers and then he gets up yeah. and he has to hit the toilet. I don't. You know what, though? Here's a guy who doesn't drink. Do you, and he's not known as a drug taker. So I, I don't know. I mean, you find it hard to believe that this could be the the real unadulterated, literally unadulterated Donald Trump you're seeing. No drugs. Well, then he's obviously insane. But these people have a way to keep these things secret. Nobody knew that um, Tom Petty was doing fentanyl. Oh, nobody knew that they were putting Michael Jackson asleep at or half to death every night. Or you know, they keep it secret, right. and they can get it on the down low from their people. Uh, and I think that he really is totally mentally insane, or he's on a lot of drugs. And I'm going to go with the drugs, especially since we're finding out more, you know, about how shady his doctors are. Well, everyone around him is shady. Well, you know what? Speaking of the doctors, did you see this? And this is the Wall Street Journal reporting. Remember how the doctor, Jackson, who's just uh, withdrawn, uh, do you remember how he raved about Trump's physical, right? Michael? Well, that whole press conference was unhinged, too. It was like... He was like some unhinged maniac on cocaine. Oh, he'll live to be 200 years. He's as healthy as a <laughs> Right. Guess what? Leaked documents. Have you heard this? From, uh, this is from the Wall Street Journal. Documents from Walter Reed Hospital shows that everything Ronnie Jackson told us was a lie. That wow. Trump weighs 289 pounds. 
His blood pressure his blood pressure is 154 over 91. His cholesterol is 237. And I got to tell you that none of that those numbers are not good. And those are not the numbers that he gave. So he friggin' lied. That's nasty. That's what I'm getting at. These people can get away with... Like, when, uh, didn't, oh, did I already say this? Now I sound like a ranting maniac like uh, uh-huh. Trump. But did I already say how secret they kept the Kennedys dr- drug-taking? And they were shooting them up with some meth right. and calling it right. vitamin B. Yes. So, you know, and so they, 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 you see all these uh, stories about Hitler was on meth and all these drugs and stuff and the Nazis. I think that drug-taking is a lot more prevalent in our culture than people realize. And if you, all you have to do is look at Kellyanne Conway. I mean, that is a cracked-out, <laughs> some kind of maniac. Although these, she's sharp, though, because some of these drugs can help you, you know, whether they're Adderall or meth. Or right, whatever. stay sharp, right, right. So she'll get on and make her TV appearance, and yeah. then she'll disappear for a week while she's withdrawing, and, you know, <laughs> I think it's going on. <laughs> Oh, God, when we finally find, if we survive and we find out if there's some definitive 20,000 volume uh, history of the Trump administration, uh, wow, what we will find out. It's hard to even imagine. Well, uh, we'll, we will find out a lot faster if he dies in his sleep and they do the autopsy and it's from propofol, (laughs) whatever that Michael Jackson drug was. All Although right. we'll never find out because of the deep state. The deep state will never let us know how, how he had a brain hemorrhage because of crystal mess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you. Hey, are you touring oh, any? Uh, are you touring? You wait, wait, wait. So much time. M- Michael, Michael, are you touring anywhere in the future, near future? Um, Not in the near future. I have some uh, issues at home that uh, I have to oh. deal with, but the cynics oh. are doing great. We're writing new songs, and we're planning on uh, touring in the summer for some uh, European festivals and stuff. Thank you for asking. My, yeah. I wish you'd play around here sometime. Yes, we'll do that. But see, half of our band lives in Spain, so we have to import them. And I don't know if they're allowed over the border anymore. Oh, yeah, they might not be allowed in. That's true. I don't know. They don't want your, because yeah. The Spanish t- is like vaguely Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, you. Lord. Always good to hear from you. Thank you. Thank Take you. Take care. Love you. Talk okay, bye. bye-bye. That's uh, Michael, the frontman for the punk band, the Cynics, uh, who've been doing their thing for, you probably wouldn't want me to say how long, but uh, strangely, big in Europe and not so much in their own, I wonder if they all, they started out as mostly Pittsburghers, didn't they? So they, they decamped to Spain, a whole bunch of them, and he's hung on in Polish Hill. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. We should probably have him on someday. Okay. Um, while while Michael was talking, I, 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 I was, I did think of a few other things that I had said to myself. So I, I, the problem is I don't have the detail um, I, because... I don't, I'm, I'm only going by how much I remember <laughs> from my reading. Uh, first of all, on the local front, uh, 
early this morning, crews over in Oakland on Fifth Avenue were seen taking down the Stephen Foster statue um, that is a victim of our newfound appreciation for statues that really don't show black America uh, in the way they should because even though I guess Stephen Foster was kind of okay, it's that the statue has at his feet a, a black man in tattered clothes and barefoot uh, playing playing a banjo or something and uh, Foster benevolently looking down on him and essentially stealing his music, I suppose. <laughs> So um, there'll be lots of video on the news today of it or on your feed because I saw it on on my phone. Ryan Dito of the um, of the Pittsburgh City Paper was was there uh, uh, videoing it, and it looked sort of. I mean, there's something seeing something that huge, that monumental, uh, being hefted by, you know, on a hoist and put on the back of a truck. I don't know. So I'm not sure what we decided it was going to end up probably in a museum or something somewhere. I'm not sure if its fate has been uh, decided. Um, but I believe uh, talks are underway to replace it with the statue of an African-American woman, since I think those are in rather short supply in this country and certainly in Pittsburgh. Statues of women in general in short supply. Is it take your daughter to work day or something? Is it? That's why I'm seeing kids skipping around in there. Yeah. You know, take your daughter to work day has now been adulterated to take your children to work day. I believe the boys felt left out, but uh, initially it was intended to show girls <laughs> that there was this other world out there that they could aspire to. But I think it's cool for kids to see what their parents do. But when what their parents do is sitting in a cubicle pushing paper around, how is I, f I pity the kid? God. Uh, can we go to lunch, Dad? I mean, God, would that be boring as heck? I mean, to see what your dad did. Like, my dad would go sit at a desk. I mean, <laughs> sit on a desk and take a phone call and every once in a while go out and check a maybe a, a construction site that um, he was uh, involved in. And I, I don't know. I can't even imagine. Okay. There is also, speaking of videos, there is a video that I'm thinking you maybe have seen by now, but I just saw it, so allow me to freak. This is a video of a woman, the most obnoxious white woman. Well, she is representative of a certain kind of white woman. She is representative of white privilege. She is representative of a kind of, I think when 
when the right wing talks about coastal elites. She'd fit, she'd fit into what they're thinking. And I would denigrate that kind of person too. The kind of person you want to just haul off and punch. Seriously. The video is of this woman screaming at. It looked to be about four cops. I mean, there were, there were four police officers. I, I, two are very apparent, and I think there were some others, and maybe it's just the two. I don't know. I was so blown away by her, I couldn't take my eyes off of this disgusting woman. The story, the backstory is, is she, her beloved little daughter, who's in college, was a passenger in a car that had been stopped by these police because it had, uh, its registration was, what do you call it, expired. So they pulled this car over containing this woman's daughter and some other people, young, older than children, but not quite adult, uh, college age. And the daughter, right here it starts, the daughter texted her mommy and told her, Mommy, we're the cops. We're on the side of the road and we're who knows who. And that mommy, that, you know, gorilla hovering helicopter mommy jumped in her car and came to the scene. And that's when she starts in on the cops. And where I saw it, it was, um, it was retweeted by somebody who said, if for some reason you're having some difficulty understanding this term white privilege, check this out. This is Exhibit A. Because here is somebody who's not even involved. This is a mother who's been called to a traffic stop. She's not a party to this. She is in no way somebody that was stopped. And she is threatening these cops. She is in their face. She's physically, actually one of the cops at one point says, will you uh, back, I, I mean, sort of said, miss or something, will you Please just back away. You're in, and don't call me Miss. You call me Commissioner. I am the Commissioner of the Port Authority. I know the Mayor of Tenafly, New Jersey. I know the Police Chief, and boy, is he gonna hear about this? How dare you? Blah blah blah. And the cop keeps saying. You are not a party to this. I am. I. I do not have. There is a. He. It was. If that were okay, just take the obnoxious white woman out and replace her with a person of color. That's all I'm saying. Black, brown, anybody non-white, and it can be male or female. Doesn't even matter. Age doesn't matter either. It could be an old an old black woman. 
who would get in the face of cops on the side of a road and not be arrested, not be wrestled to the ground, not be charged. She was interfering in a police manner. She was harassing the police when they were trying to do their job. And she's dropping every white privilege thing. Eh, my daughter, who's a, the cop is saying you have no standing. My daughter, who, by the way, goes to Yale, is a backseat passenger. And the driver goes to MIT or something like that or Princeton or and we've got you know she said everything but we've got more money than you we this and that I will get you fired I will blah 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 I'm important don't you call me miss you call me commissioner that's all you need to know it is And this came from the cops' dash cam. I wish those cops had arrested her. That's what they needed to do. They needed to arrest that despicable bitch. Excuse me. But I literally, as I looked at that, felt such revulsion for everything she represented She's got a daughter at Yale who calls her mommy when she's been stopped for a traffic violation? Are you effing kidding me? Great parenting job there. Your Yale daughter who went to all the best schools, got all the right grades, is heading God knows where. She's going to be at Wall on Wall Street soon. She, the best of the best, had to call mommy because she knew mommy, with her power and her connections, would intervene because kids like me at Yale aren't supposed to suffer any consequences. We never do. What is the big friggin' deal? It is a... Uh, so anyway, I saw this and it, 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 it really was. Look it up. Look it up. I sent it to you, Amy. Did you get it? I sent it to your personal e See if you got it. No. All right, what's going on? Well, now that's odd. Because that shows that nothing's working. All right, the start. I wonder what my astrological forecast for today is I maybe should just go home and get under the bed <laughs> oh but really check it out check it out what a vile human being there it is the very definition and Oh, by the way, appointed to the Port Authority Board. So that is a, that's big. Appointed to the Port Authority Board by, wait for it, wait for it, Chris Christie. Yes, yes. Uh, oh, did I mention 
that since this has surfaced, uh, she has uh, either been terminated from or resigned from uh, said board. Uh, apparently, I'm not the only one who w saw the video that found it <laughs> unbearably objectionable. Incredible. So Cohen's going to plead the fifth in his uh, Stormy Daniels case. Um, and I love that news uh, networks, I don't know, CNN was, I don't know if any others did, I suppose MSNBC did, certainly Fox did not, uh, dredged up, of course, the... Um, the video of Trump uh, suggesting that anybody who pleads the fifth is obviously guilty. <laughs> of course, now uh, that that video is uh, troublesome, to say the least, to Bush. Uh, People who listened to, uh, by the way, Macron's uh, speech before uh, Congress yesterday uh, were seen sobbing in huddled groups because it was the first time in over a year that they had seen a president of a country stand in that spot and speak like a president and speak of the ideals that the United States used to stand for. And it was apparently a hell of a speech. All right. Let's stay for a little while with the Trump administration. Yeah, I'm getting nothing in. Apparently, I'm getting nothing out. Wow. I'm sorry, guys. I really am. You can call. I'm going to suggest that you do, because that's the only way to take part. What the hell is the phone number here? Oh, yeah. It's on the screen, but in case you're not looking. 412-200-5686. I should be able to remember that. I won't. 200-5686. So uh, Trump's administration, as I was saying yesterday, continues every day to do untold damage to us, to our environment, to our standing in the world, to poor people. Speaking of poor people, you see what uh, the Department of uh, Health and Human Services is uh, up to. They uh, are proposing legislation that would triple the rent that the poorest of the poor pay in federally subsidized housing. Now, for This reminds me, and I've said this a million times, but I never got over it, because it's how Republicans think. 
they think the poor have all the money. <laughs> and they think if they if their budget and and their malfeasance in office has created a huge deficit and heading toward the biggest debt we've ever seen, then the way to start remedying that is to claw money back from the poor or demand that they cough up more, the people who have none. Triple the rent that these poor people pay for subsidized housing. And this, while ostensibly coming from Ben Carson, really is a result of the budget that was brilliantly put together by another loathsome swamp deller named Mike Mulvaney, who is Actually, he holds two positions (laughs) because uh, the Trump White House can't find anybody who wants to be part of it who has any uh, reasonable um, criterion to hold whatever job it is they're being put into. Um, The president has taken his budget director, that'd be Mike Mulvaney, and told him that while he's doing that, which is a big job, he should also be the acting director of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. And here again, like the EPA, that is a an agency that Republicans want to kill because they don't believe in consumer protection. That could, you know, potentially give little people a little modicum of power. And so Mike Mulvaney is doing both and his budget uh, would not only suggest that the rents need to come up on subsidized housing, but also gives a green light to mean-spirited local governments to impose on those poor people who you, whose, whose rent you're now tripling that they also are going to have to work. The plan would increase rents for elderly people as well who can't work. The rents would, in, it, it would increase rents for disabled people it sort of redraws what they're doing is saying that subsidized housing is welfare it has never been described as welfare to call it welfare is then to demonize it it is to demonize poverty to almost criminalize poverty if you are poor It's your fault. And I really think that people who are Republicans believe that. They look at a poor person and they see somebody who obviously is shiftless, lazy, 
It's amazing to me because I think their paths must, every once in a while, intersect with poor people. They probably see them because they're cleaning their homes and keeping their landscaping up and doing all of those jobs that they would deign to do themselves. And they never see how hard those people are working and they don't ever think how, wow, I know she leaves here and then she tells me she goes to another job. Or maybe they don't even talk to them, I don't know. But without a doubt, the hardest working people, I will say this till I'm blue in the face, the hardest working people are poor people. They work two, three, sometimes four jobs, none of which give them benefits, all of which pay them a pittance and they cannot climb out of their impoverished state. But they work and they work and they work just trying to keep a roof over their heads, their children clothed, fed, the hardest working people. You think the hardest working people are somebody like Donald Trump? I mean, it's quite clear. He doesn't know how to, what work is. We've never had a president who literally sees it as a nine-to-five job and doesn't even show up for that. So Trump's health, I mean, uh, Trump's department of, um, why am I blanking on the uh, cabinet? Housing and Urban Development, right? HUD. That um, not only are they targeting the poor, but by doing something like this, tripling the poor, forcing them to... Uh, find jobs which may or may not be available or whatever, uh, they are probably increasing the risk of these poor people being pushed over the edge into homelessness. Or pushed over the edge, so okay, they managed to pay their tripled rent, but they're going to only eat one meal a day. So the headline says, For the poor, the old, and the disabled, government proposes a rent increase. Now, for that, and that headline is correct, it is factual. Again, to not see that headline as an affront to human decency and also as problematic in that it will add to the roles of the impoverished and those seeking whatever crumbs our government now sees fit to give out to the least of us, as we say. Back to Mike Mulvaney, Mick, 
excuse me, somebody calls himself Mick Mulvaney, the budget director and the acting director for the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. I don't know if you heard that uh, juggling both these jobs, he still found time to uh, probably make a bunch of money giving a speech to the American Bankers Association. And at that speech, he said the following. He, he came out of the Congress. Right? He said this. We had a hierarchy in my office in Congress. If you are a lobbyist who never gave us money, I didn't talk to you. If you were a lobbyist who gave us money, I might talk to you. Now, it, by the way, if you've ever heard the phrase pay to play, that's the definition. I won't talk to you if you don't give me money. That said by somebody who was supposedly a representative of the people. He, by the way, said that he would talk to a constituent. and They didn't have to give him money. But what he's saying is, hey, to a lobbyist, hey, baby, you give me some money. I might talk to you. Give me a little more. I probably will. Give me no money. I'm never talking to you. Why the hell should I? because I'm not personally being enriched, the, the absolute, again, I'm going to use the word loathsome, because I don't, the, the loathsomeness of this, the bald honesty of it, <laughs> which suggests any sense that it is or would be seen as objectionable, even unlawful, <laughs> unbelievable. So this is the guy whose budget seeks to just wring every last penny out of America's poorest of the poor. And he won't even talk to somebody if they don't give him money. So you want me to vote for you in your way? You want me to support this legislation? Give me money. Flat out says it. You want to talk to me about legislation? And you don't give me any money? You ain't getting past my door. He just flat out said it. And I don't think he said it because he's, by nature, an honest man. I think he said it because he is so corrupted that he doesn't even see that as corrupt. And so, yeah, now he sits astride the consumer, God, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, which, of course, now under him will be named the Bankers uh, Protection Bureau. Uh, 
he but was a huge critic of it, and now he's been in, put in charge of it. So he will destroy it, just like Scott Pruitt is intending to destroy the EPA. The bankers are just thrilled that he's in that position, obviously. Oh, well, guys, I don't know. I had so much stuff that I sent myself, and I can't for the life of me remember anything more. I do want to point out that, um, and I want to learn more about it, this extraordinary memorial that was um, unveiled or opened to us, the public, um, yesterday, I believe, um, which is called the National Memorial for Peace and Justice. And what it really is is a memorial to the black people who were lynched in this country during the Jim Crow era. And everything I've read about it and the few pictures I've seen of it, this looks every bit, if not more, powerful than the Vietnam War Memorial. You know, a lot of times memorials just, they don't do it. Wow. And everything I've read about it, nobody has told me who's the, who's the person whose vision we're looking at here. Who is the amazing creator of the physical? I know I've, heard, I've read a lot about this guy named Brian Stevenson, who is an amazing guy. He heads uh, a legal rights organization in Alabama, and he is the brain, brains behind this, but not the architect of the physical memorial itself. But it's a series of these rusted, so when it rains, they, it, it, it drips blood, drips red. These rusted steel columns that are not coming out of the ground, they are hanging. They're bolted, I guess, into the ceiling. So they are hanging, and there's one after the other, and each one has a name of somebody who was killed, lynched. And there are, are more than 800 of these, even though there are more than 800 people who were lynched, believe me. But there are 800 of these rusted steel columns hanging, and I guess as you enter you are you are right you know they're about 6 feet tall and they're you're right there with them but as you continue into the memorial past the columns the ground slopes ever so gently down so that by the time so the columns seem to be rising and as you get to the end, you are 
looking up like one of the spectators at what were called black barbecues at what were called lynching bees and we've all seen those pictures right of happy white folks with their children like picnicking practically as the desecrated body of a black man or boy or woman often burned, tortured, hangs from a tree. And this continued well into, it's continued through the late 19th century into the eight, into the 20th century. Well in, well, well, well in the whole first half of the 20th century. And any effort to make lynching a federal crime failed over and over and over again because I guess it was considered a wonderful part of Southern tradition, sort of like the Confederate flag. It wasn't until 2005 that the United States Senate managed to get around to apologizing for failing to act while this decades and decades and decades long reign of terror continued in the land of the free. It generally is believed that probably close to 5,000 African Americans were killed in this way. Not only is there this powerful, this is in Montgomery, Alabama, by the way. And not only is, and, and I guess it is positioned on, on a piece of land where blacks used to be, yes, so bought and sold and marched in shackles down the hill into the city, Montgomery. And I guess what's off, this is an effort, again, an effort to have America come to terms, acknowledge, and come to terms with this bloody, awful history that we are so resistant to own. We're never going to move forward till we do. There is a museum that goes along with this that's, that is associated with it. It's a little, I guess, uh, I guess that's maybe the museum is in downtown Montgomery that takes you through from slavery 
through Jim Crow and into the new Jim Crow, which is essentially the criminalization of being a black person, especially a black man in America. So into mass incarceration. This sounds, I, if you've ever been to the Holocaust Memorial in D.C., you, you're hard-pressed to find uh, an experience that is that just gut-wrenching because it places you into this history. But I suppose Americans have less trouble doing the Holocaust Museum because they can just say, oh, those Germans. But this museum is our Holocaust Museum. And I think, I am praying, hoping, that it becomes, you know how classes, schools send their kids to Washington, D.C.? I hope increasingly that schools go to Montgomery and spend a day at this museum and at that memorial. And if this is how we teach our children, maybe, maybe in another a hundred years or something, we will finally have acknowledged what we did and what we continue to do. I don't think there's any hope for us if we don't. I hate to go south. I never like to. I don't want to go to Montgomery, but I am going to make an effort to go see this. We all should and support it in every way we can, including financially. And the work that these people are doing to end mass incarceration. By the way, join the ACLU if you have not, because that's what we're working on. We want to literally cut the prison population of this country in half in the next few years. And that, believe, it, believe me, it's easily done. If you decriminalize marijuana, you're close. And if you decriminalize being a poor black person, you're almost there. We got to do it. All right. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that it was difficult for you to interact. And I'm sorry that I did not have my usual information. But... I somehow managed to get through because we're done, guys. I'll be here tomorrow. I'll try to fix whatever this snafu is. Not me, of course. Carlo! I'll try to get somebody who can, you know. Young person, please! Okay? Have a great day and, uh, oh, go Pens. Lynn Cullen Live. Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com.
The opinions expressed on Lynn Collin Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.